Hello, and welcome to the Story Wagon Podcast, where we talk about life, story, and spiritual health. I am your host, Chaplain Jose Martinez, and you can learn more about this podcast at our website, storywagon.org. You can also show us your support on our Patreon page so that we can continue to host this podcast and create resources that help our communities develop good spiritual health. Welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Story Wagon. I am at on Troost at this location called Soul Centricity, and I am with Miss Nika Cotton, uh, a mother, a poet, a warrior, a womanist. And um, I have her today in her tea shop uh, to kind of talk about what soul centricity is all about because we have a understanding that tea is uh, medicine for the soul. So um, Nika, welcome. And you'll, you'll, you'll hear a, a bunch of little voices in the background and that's, that's uh, Nika's kids uh, in the tea, so, uh, in the tea house. So uh, Nika, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on Story Wagon. Well, uh, I'm so excited to, to talk with you today and, and to talk about tea and some of the things that you are uh, doing in, in our community. So Nika, can you give us a little story about your background and everything else like that? Yeah, so I um, am a poet. I am a mom, single mom of two. I um, am an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, those are, I guess, the most important things <laughs> about me. Yeah, so how did you get into being an entrepreneurship? And you're, you're an activist also. Yes. Um, and you use a lot of your poetry and your activism. So how does that all correlate, and how did it come to soul centricity? Yeah, well, it's, oh, I feel like it's a complicated <laughs> <laughs> connection. Um, so I've always been a poet. That's, you know, since I was a young kid, I've always written poetry. Uh-huh. Um, and then as I've um, gotten older and kind of learned a little bit more about social justice and um, activism um, and have been able to become a community organizer, um, I've started using my poetry more for organizing. Mm. So it's just a really um, unique way, I think, to be able to bring people together and make everybody feel something um, at the same time. So that's one of the main reasons why I use my poetry that way. That's um, so for, you know, and being a poet, I kind of put that into everything that I do. Um, so even though, you know, tea might, ne- might not necessarily seem like it's related to poetry um, per se, um, it's just that's part of who I am. And so those things go together because it's part of, you know, two things that I'm really passionate about. Mm. And what got you interested in tea? Um, the medicinal qualities of tea. Mm. So I would say probably since high school, I've always um, liked to kind of study different herbs and the uses of them uh-huh. and, um, and how we can kind of use them as, you know, med- they can be physical medicine, they can also be spiritual medicine for us. Right. Um, so you can infuse your intention into the herbs that you use and when you drink it, you know, take that intention in uh-huh. um, as well. And so it's just always been something like healing and um, kind of um, restoration. Restoration, definitely. Yeah, is really, you know, are things that I'm really passionate about. Right, oh wow, that's great. And so um, there's a lot of different types of religions out there that, that use the, the tea to help them through meditation, 
Um, and the Japanese culture, they have a, a, an awesome ceremony, if you ever witnessed a, a Japanese tea ceremony. Uh, do, do you have any kind of like a connection with that when it concerns like uh, spiritual wellness and, and the tea that you're, you're serving here? Yeah, definitely. So I've, um, before I started this location, um, so the story of soul centricity, I came up with the idea five years ago. Um, I was kind of in a, in a bad place mm. uh, when I came to, up with this idea. And one of the things that's always been helpful for me when I'm in a really bad place is to dream. <laughs> so it's like imagine something different for myself when, while I'm in a really bad place, uh -huh. you know. Um, and so I did a lot of dreaming, a lot of writing poetry, um, and created this um, name, this idea I put into a Google spreadsheet. Um, wrote just like a small, you know, business description of what I wanted to do um, with this idea, created a little logo, which was a teapot. Back then it was just this gray teapot that I found on Google Images. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then the shaman's hand uh -huh. um, and put it into a Google Drive document five years ago. Okay. Um, so two years ago, I had the opportunity to take over a storefront. There were some friends of mine um, who were starting a collective that I was going to be a part of. Um, and it ended up not working out. They um, decided to not, not, not go through with the plans. Mm -hmm. um, and so I approached them and told them, you know, I'd take over the lease for the, sh the space that they'd already had um, and just saw it as an opportunity for me to go ahead and start mm -hmm. this thing that I had been kind of dreaming up for a few years. And so I started a collective over on 41st and Truce called Soul Centricity. I um, reached out to other women of color in the community and asked them if they wanted to sell their handmade items at the shop. So we had women who made candles, women who made um, body butters, smudge wands, um, women who like wrapped crystals, all of the, you know, kind of mystic, yeah. <laughs> eclectic things that I'm really into. Yeah. Um, and it was great. There were, I think the largest number, maybe about 15 of us, um, and we would come together and just kind of do personal and professional development and um, do vision boards together and um, meet with like content creators and marketing specialists together because all of us were just kind of at the very beginning of trying to figure out how you run a business uh -huh. yourself. Uh -huh. And so it, was really, it really kind of became an incubator for all of us in that space. Wow. So I did that for about a year, um, decided, you know, what I really want to be doing is serving tea to people because I did have my teas on the shelf as loose leaf teas uh -huh. so um, people could buy it, but there was no kitchen. There wasn't really a lot of space. Um, we had about 780 square feet in that space. So I couldn't really ha even have a lot of people in the space. Um, so once the lease ended, I decided not to renew it and just started looking for something else. So last year when I was looking, excuse me, I contacted the developer for the space that I'm in now and asked if they had anything. We tried to negotiate something, but there was already a coffee shop here and it just didn't fit mm -hmm. for me to be here last year. And so I just let it go yeah. <laughs> and decided I would keep on searching. So this year when um, the you know coronavirus came about, a lot of businesses you know decided to consolidate. The company that was here um, decided they would consolidate their business. And so the space was available. For me and the developers had my contact information since we you know i'd reached out about um, occupying a space here last year and they contacted me to see if i'd be interested mm. so 
Um, and I just saw it as an opportunity. It was a little scarier because it's a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, but I try not to pass up opportunities that just come to me right. um, to do things. And so I thought it was a really good opportunity. One of the things the developer said when he called me is like, you know, people really need healing right now. And I know that's what soul centricity is all about. And so we really want to make this work with yeah. you. And so that was the thing that really kind of bought me like, okay, if you're willing to make this work and you really are, you know, interested in what I'm passionate about and interested in the values of my brand, then I'm going to make it work. Yeah, that's excellent. But you, yeah. The, the word soul centricity, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of great meanings in there. Yeah. Can you, can you like describe what your, your, the name of soul centricity? Yeah, definitely. So the idea came to me from a book. Um, it's a book called Nature and the Human Soul. It's by Bill Plotkin. And so it's like, a, um, he kind of develops this theory on um, human evolution. Um, he's a psychologist. Um, and so, he talks, so some of the things are a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe psychologists understand them better. Um, but the thing that I really loved, that I really resonated with in the book, is he talks about the soul-centered theory of human development. Mm. And so how in societies right now, we really develop in a very ego-centered way because it supports production for us to develop that way. So for us to never really reach, um, so he was saying in like the ego-centered development will, it ends adolescence. Mm. Like you never really move past that into true elderhood because it doesn't benefit the society or the community that we're in. Like we need to remain in adolescence, like wanting things Um, wanting, you know, that we need a whole lot of money to get and being willing to go out and do things that we really don't want to do to get those things, Uh to feed that ego need (laughs) for ourselves. Um, So he kind of provided an alternative to that idea of this very ego-centered development will, um, which is the soul-centered development will, which the end of that is elderhood. It's when you you know, pass on your knowledge to the next generation when you really develop a, um, a relationship with nature and with yourself and you um, self-actualize and figure out what your purpose and what your delivery system for that purpose is in the world. Mm. And so it's a pretty dense book. I can't say I've read every word of the book. Right. <laughs> I've kind of skimmed and read the things that really resonated with me of course. Um, at that time. Um, but yeah, it really just, I was so sparked by the stuff that he said and by the, you know, just kind of seeing my world in a different way. Um, And and him, I I guess good books kind of resound back to you things that you're thinking, you know? Uh And so to be reading it and being like, okay, this is a thing, you know, there, you know, I'm not the only person that feels this way. Like I'm just doing stuff with no purpose, you know? To it, so so yeah, so that was kind of where the idea of soul centered came uh, from. Is this soul centered human development ideal that you really develop according to your soul and your passion and in community with nature, yeah. not in you know opposition to it or not in not in a way that's destructive. That's so beautiful. I it. love that imagery. Yeah, yeah I love it. Soul centered development. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does your business? How does how does that? How you bring in people to, to kind of like reflect that teaching back out, like yeah, you definitely know, teaching them eldership is basically what you're what you're helping them with. Yeah, I suppose so. And even though I'm not there, right, 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 right. <laughs> so I wouldn't say for me, it's you know, like I feel like this is really my delivery system for my own like purpose and passion. 
And so it looks like tea. That's the thing that people can purchase and help support me and my family mm -hmm. um, by purchasing that. But really, there, it's the package as a whole um, is healing and restoration for me. And so I hope that everybody that comes in through the door um, like feels a weight lifted off their shoulders. You know, has like some peace in mm -hmm. their day. Um, you know, and I do hope when they drink my tea that they feel some peace. Yeah. You know, that it not only tastes good, but it gives them a good feeling yeah. as well. So that's my delivery system right. for what I do. You can, I could have delivered it any other way, but I love tea, so. Mm -hmm. Well, and, the, and <laughs> your like space the is way. so, it's, it, uh, it feels sacred. It feels mm, like a sacred space to me. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah I it, really try intentionally to make it. And, and like you have a lot space. of imagery of, of uh, good sayings, and then also the beautiful imagery of the, the Afrocentric art that, mm -hmm. that's here. Uh, any intentionality on that? Oh yeah, definitely. So there was one piece that was already here. It's by Chico Sierra. Um, he's a local um, Latino artist. Yeah, love him. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of um, like Black Lives murals around mm -hmm. the city. Um, really great dude. Um, and I love that piece when I came in. So it wasn't commissioned by me, it was commissioned by you know, the company that was here before me. Right. Um, but I just loved it so much. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it really went with you know, kind of what I wanted to do with my brand uh -huh. here as well. I also think there's something to be said about like coming in new to a space and leaving some things the way that they were, you uh -huh. know, or honoring uh -huh. you know, the things that were there before you got there. And so I, I really love that one. It was really important to leave that one there for me. And then it's also an, an image of um, like a Latina or native woman oh, carrying yeah. some coffee beans and then there's some cascara in the background, uh -huh. the cherry that the coffee beans grows in. Right. Um, so yeah, it just felt perfect for the space. Um, the other piece I commissioned from a local artist, her name is Jasmine Halterman. Um, she's a local black woman artist. Um, and all I, the only instruction that I gave her um, was a black mother earth with an afro. Mm. That is the only instruction. And mm. she created a goddess. <laughs> yeah. When the first time I saw this piece, I had goosebumps. The first time I came in and saw um, that piece. And she freehanded that as well. This is only her second mural that she's ever done. She had done some murals over at um, Union Station Okay. Um, before I commissioned her. And I asked her, she's like, I've done only one before, but I would love to you know, do a mural for you. I've commissioned other art pieces from her in the past mm -hmm. um, as well. So yeah, that's really beautiful, incredible. That's awesome. And, yeah. and then you have um, this dream big thing over here, the, mm -hmm. that saying, and then you have African uh, masks. Yes, so, the, so most of the other pieces um, I got, everything in here, first of all, was secondhand. Um, I got from either thrift store, um, Facebook Marketplace, because mm -hmm. um, they're really, like the idea of kind of extending the lifetime of things by mm -hmm. reusing them and not always buying new things. So I tried as much as possible to reuse yeah. um, everything in this space. So everything you see here is secondhand. Um, all of these masks I um, received from a lady, also Facebook Marketplace. Uh -huh. I actually got most of the word pictures from her and it's an interesting story because I'd gone to get pillows from this lady uh -huh. off Facebook Marketplace and I had just decided that I wanted to get word art for the space because I really wanted people to be able to take in positive words and affirmations when they came in. So when I went to pick up the pillows from her, she told me, well, I'm moving, you know, I have a lot of other stuff, do you want to look? And I went to her house and there was all of this word art. <laughs> and I also was like, this is what I came for. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And so all those pieces came from her, all of the, you know, the dream bid, there's the ones back there. True happiness can often be found in the simplest moments, all of that. 
Um, the mask in the center of this space actually came from my old location. Okay. Um, and so one of um, the women in the collective there, named Tatiana, um, she was one of the first women that joined the collective. Um, she's a henna artist. Okay. And she was cleaning a house and just found that randomly one day. Uh-huh. And so it became like the protector mask oh, of our old space. Yeah. So cool. So lots of protective energy. So I just moved it. It was at my house for a little while after I closed the shop. Um, can you still hear me very yeah, well? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. It was at my house for a little while after I closed the old shop and then I bought it over here. Okay. So, so that's the story with that mask um, over there. So yeah, just a, a, a good collection of items. And another thing that I do, um, it actually comes from a story that I read. So I'm not traditionally religious. I wouldn't even know what word to give uh-huh. <laughs> for how to define my spiritual um, theories, right. I guess. Um, but I'd read before um, just a, a story in a book um, about a woman who started this support group and no one came and she was so discouraged that no one came and so she decided that she would just set out cups for her ancestors uh-huh. whenever she held this meeting uh-huh. and that all her ancestors would come um, and join her and so when I started my last business and this one I've made that a tradition to do so at the beginning I just set out cups for my ancestors you know when I first opened the business so you know, if there's no customers for a couple of days when you start a business, as there will not be. Because <laughs> right, right. it takes a little time right. for people to know who you are and where you are and to start coming into your space. Um, and so using those days when you're waiting for business and setting out cups for your ancestors mm. or, or, you know, any other sort of idea or the spirits of the people who came in, who were in this building before, or, right. you know, just kind of intentionally setting out, holding space. Yeah. So um, even though that you said that you might not know a word to give that, mm-hmm. um, I see that as uh, the, the practice of hospitality, mm-hmm. you know? And, yes. and that's a deep spiritual discipline, the practice of hospitality. Mm-hmm. The other thing I see in here is um, the, 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 the storytelling part of mm-hmm. it too, you know, with your poetry and everything else like that. And the stories that uh, the masks have and the story that these murals mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Um, I just I just see a lot of spiritual practices happening here all at once mm-hmm. and you know um, the environmental health of the whole thing too you know ha- having a great ambiance to help that healing process for yeah. the tea to help uh, people to, to relax and calm down and, and maybe meditate uh, mm-hmm. on their words or on their you know whatever they need to meditate on <laughs> so I see a lot of awesome practices here and that's why like what drew me here was like like, and that's why I say this place is sacred is because there's a lot of this connection going on holistically in my mind, yeah. uh, along with the great tea. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. So in, in addition to that, there seems like to be an also an intentionality on uh, this where your business is located. So you said you were on 41st and Truce, yes. and now you're here on about 28th, 29th and Truce? Yeah, this is about 30th. 30th and Truce. 30th and Truce. Yes. So, you know, Troost has a long history in our in our city. Uh, was there an intentionality of keeping it on Troost? Yeah, definitely. I definitely wanted to um, for my business to remain on Troost because it is the historically the dividing line in our city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, a powerful like sim- symbolically, that's a powerful symbol just to have something that brings people together on a line that divides yeah. people. And so yes, that was very intentional to have that like yeah, tying together communities. Right, yeah. and I, I love that whole idea because uh, to me, uh, in Latino theology, there's, there's this idea of fronteras, which means borders, 
basically, and it's the and it's the space in between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that that space could be like empty or it could be full, like in the sense of like people of different cultures and backgrounds can come together, mm-hmm. you know, and and be in that space, that third that third space, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just yeah. like be able to break down those those barriers and so that's another thing that i love about this place <laughs> you know it's a we can be a mating space uh to share tea which is a peaceful act it's a very you know, peaceful act and, yes. and and uh have conversations mm-hmm. so that's that's great and the other thing that i wanted to ask you is like you use this um the word womanist mm-hmm. in 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 your uh facebook and first can you tell everybody like your full full name and what that means to you yeah so my full my full name <laughs> that i'll give um so my, my name of birth um is nika actually shanika renee cotton um, my pen name that a lot of people know me by is nika renee um, that's what i put on all of my books um, and then my chosen name which um, has been october so not even a, a full year now that I've been under my chosen name um, is Ayami Seshat. And so Ayami is a word that's used in the Yoruba um, West African culture. Um, and it literally translates to my mother. Mm. And so it's, you know, this idea of like the comfort and um, the restoration, you know, that the idea of the, of the mother um, brings to the world. Mm. <laughs> so that is why I chose the name Ayami. It's also the name that they call witches. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So you're, if you're a witch, you're known as an Ayami. Oh, wow. Um, and it's, the fool is like the Ayami Aje, or like very powerful, and, yeah. Yeah, or really powerful woman. Uh-huh. Anybody you call witch is usually a powerful woman. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was another thing of is just, you know, powerful women are referred to as the Ayami uh-huh. in their culture. Um, and then Sasha is an Egyptian goddess um, of um, both like surveying the land um, in a way that's spiritual, and also the goddess of um, scribes in ancient Egypt. Wow. So, yeah. So, just the idea of um, she would, you know, kind of when ancient Egyptians wanted to decide, like, where to erect certain spiritual uh, monuments or pyramids or, th- you know, things like that, um, they would consult Seshat to see, like, what is the, the proper spiritual space mm. for us to build this thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I chose that as the last name. So people get confused. They're like, you have a lot of names. <laughs> I'm like, I'm complicated. Well, that, that, well and it's you. That's, I've changed a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that in, in um, you know, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of similarities between the Latina community, the mujerista, as we call it, mm-hmm. uh, the, theology, the theology behind it. Um, what do you mu- call it? The, mujerista. mujerista. It's kind of like womanist, but uh-huh. in Spanish. Mujerista. I <laughs> like mujerista. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's this uh, practice that happens within, within the community there in that the women often change their names mm-hmm. uh, to something that reflects them, yeah. you know. And also it's a sign of, uh, or an act of... Um, subversiveness it is to the power yeah you know the coercive power mm-hmm. and bringing in more of the persuasive power that that is you know the loving power that's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I just I just love this <laughs> I'm learning a lot from you thank you so much for this oh, thank you and I just learned something from you something about the mujerista yeah yeah like and, and you know with Chico's mural on here 
and 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 and, and this other mural it, it just seems like there's so many similarities yeah isn't that insane yeah, yeah. yeah. and i think that's that's what happens in mar marginalized communities we often mm. share a lot of a lot of the same things but it develops from its own context but mm. there's so many similarities in that and i think uh, as that's so true. Yeah, yeah as as people mm. when we come together like that start sharing our stories mm. uh empowerment happens one mm. and number two uh movement of change happens mm -hmm. right you know and i just you know that's what i'm seeing here is that there's this potential of coming together and sharing our stories and 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 the movement of i guess liberation movement mm -hmm. of healing a movement just just a movement a love i guess yeah definitely you know i think that you know with that because i i get a lot of um latina customers or latino customers that coming in and comment on that mural uh -huh. and it's like it's just so nice to like come someplace and see myself yeah you know because trauma is a sort of, or erasure is a sort of trauma yeah for us for you know latino indigenous black people yeah, right. is that we're just not in spaces we have to be in so many places where we don't see ourselves right. at you know and so just having that you know something that represents you that you feel like is yourself i had a woman come in here um, who told me she's like i really want to bring my niece here um she was like it broke my heart the other day she told me she wished she was white and I, she, yeah, and she's like, it just broke my heart, you know, and I just want her to see herself as beautiful and like see herself represented yeah. in society. And so, they, you know, that's one thing that white supremacy does to us yeah. <laughs> is that trauma of like erasure and right. making us think that we're not, you know, close, which is equally as devastating as somebody thinking that they're more than you is you thinking that you're less. Actually, I think it's more devastating mm. to think of yourself as less yeah. <laughs> than someone else than it is to think of yourself as more than someone else. So. Yeah, so that piece, I'm really glad that I kept that yeah. um, there on the wall. It was a really beautiful piece. I, was, I had another woman in here the other day, um, and just this has been on my mind all week <laughs> since she came in and told me this. this was a Latina woman um, who said, you know, I'm tired of letting people who are afraid of me make me fear myself. And I thought, man, that's beautiful. And I did ask her if I could quote her. <laughs> so I believe in giving, you know, yeah. getting permission. Um, and just how, you know, like how true that is for a lot of us, especially as, you know, indigenous or uh, minority people, is it's usually our power that scares people that makes them oppress us, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so just letting people who are afraid of us make us fear ourselves is us taking on, <laughs> yeah. you know, that idea of ourselves, just like us taking on the idea that we're less than right. somebody else, so. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. So for the future of soul centricity, what are some ideas or things that you plan on doing, uh, I guess when the pandemic starts to, mm -hmm. you know, cases start to go down and we're oh, able yeah, to meet definitely. together more, yeah. is there anything? So like you um, said, we are um, black womanist space. And so I always like to put like black women at the center <laughs> of things uh, for me, not just because I'm a black woman, but I feel like there's not a whole lot of representation um, for us. So like we have a free black women's library. It's a give one, take one concept. And I would like to do some um, reading groups around the free black women's library. Um, we have um, some poetry open mics, rhetoric tea and poetry. Um, and so everybody will get a tea with admission for rhetoric tea and poetry. And it can be an opportunity to discuss political issues, which mm -hmm. is the rhetoric, um, as well as share poetry. Um, that does it, that could be on the political issue or it could be on something else that you're feeling. So mm. all poetry is welcome yeah. <laughs> for that. So those are two of the, of the things we are planning to start doing after the pandemic. I'm trying to gauge and see what's safe 
right now. Um, and so, and I don't really know if I feel safe having a whole lot of people right. at once at this, at this point. So, so we'll see when those will start. I don't have a date set yet for either of those. Yeah. We also have a really um, extensive zine library. So I didn't know before I started this that there's a whole zine community. Uh-huh. It's kind of like Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> and so people are like very, you know, passionate and excited about zines. And so the um, Lady Jess, who owns our zine collection here, so this is her library that she's housing in this space, is going to be hosting zine workshops for people that want to make their own zine. That's great. Yeah, so if you have something that you want to put out, that you want to publish, a zine is a really easy way um, for you to get that out there. And people, you know, lots of people take the zines off of our shelves. And so it would really be an opportunity for you to get your words or your literature out if you want to um, publish and print a zine and put it on our shelves. That's great. So if people are interested in connecting with you, how do they do that? The easiest way is to fill out the contact form at soulcentricity.com because I always will respond to those. I always get those immediately Mm -hmm. um, and can respond to the contact form. So you just go to soulcentricity.com at the bottom of any of the pages or at the tab that says contact us and go ahead and fill out that form and send me a contact. You can also directly email me um, at soulcentricity at gmail.com. Um, so just our name mm-hmm. <laughs> at gmail.com um, and those are the easiest ways right now. And then you also have an Instagram and a Facebook page. I do. Our Instagram is Soul Centricity Troost and then our Facebook page is Soul Centricity. All right. Well, Nika, thank you so much for having this time with me, uh, yeah, sharing this, this awesome. lemongrass tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really good. good. I'm sipping on it. Um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, we can gather together again and uh, do do amazing things together. So yes, thank you I so much. To. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on your podcast. All right, thank you. And on that note, we'll call that a wrap for this episode of Story Wagon. I want to thank you, the listener, for supporting us and listening to this episode. And if you want, please follow us on any social media platform and type in Story Wagon. You can also visit us at a website, storywagon.org. And so with that... This is Chaplain Jose Martinez wishing you good spiritual health.